guys. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Coaching Sessions. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B and never work that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, again. Now, these are the Master Passive Income Coaching Sessions where I'm going to be teaching you specific topics on top of the normal podcast. I want to just give you as much information so you can be successful in your real estate investing. Okay, now let's jump into today's session and see what we're going to learn about today. Okay, so let's let's shift now to where we're yeah. talking about financing because of how I found you. Another one of my podcast guests, his name was Lee, and Lee helped me to to know that there's a term called delayed financing. I was always doing it. I just didn't know what it was called, and he pointed me over to you and said, hey, talk to Patrick. He helps me. Like We figured out how to do delayed financing, and we've got this, you know, this whole everything lined up and done, and so tell us a little bit about delayed financing, like the broad overview, like what... What is it and how does it function? Yep. So delayed finance is basically when you use um, an asset, whether it's your own money or a loan from your retirement account, um, home equity line, just an, or even a promissory note from somebody to go purchase a property with cash, fix up the property to where it's in now a rentable condition to where we can send an appraiser out there with that there's nothing wrong with the property essentially. And then we will basically provide you back with your project cost, um, give you back your project cost up to 75% loan to value of the appraisal value now. So example, you know, just go through some quick math. You buy it for 60, you put 15 into it. So your project cost is 75,000. Um, and then it's worth a hundred thousand when you're done. You literally could get a loan for seventy five thousand or seventy five percent of what the appraisal value is once you're done doing your rehab. Now, is that a that, that sounds fantastic? Um, is that a normal mortgage like a thirty year fixed, fifteen year? Yep. Fit? You just pick whatever type of mortgage you yep. want and it's just a jump regular in. thirty year fix. That's great. So, is there because it's delayed financing, or the, the the style of financing is different than just a normal mortgage where you buy? Are the points different? Or is there more um, the interest rates higher just because of the type of loan? Is it similar? Yeah, well, there's an adjustment because it is considered a cash out because you now own that property free and clear because you used another asset to buy it. Because the, the, the key with delayed financing is there cannot be a lien against the property when we refinance it. So we literally have the attorney do a title search. There can be no liens against it. So it is a adjustment in the pricing of a cash out. So it's just it's a it's a pricing mechanism, essentially. Yeah. So it is a higher rate than what a purchase, if you just bought it straight, if you just did a purchase transaction, you would get a little bit better pricing than it being a cash out. Got it. Got it. Got it. So let's walk through it step by step. So number one, let's say I have cash, but well, let's pause that. Not a lot of people have a lot of cash. So let's say they have their home equity um, and their, their equity in their home and they want to do a cash out refinance. Would they start with you to do a cash out refinance? So on if 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 on their primary residence, a couple of things they could do. They could borrow equity from their house, which yes, you could do a cash out refinance, which guidelines right now with certain credit scores let you pull up out to eighty five percent on a primary residence, eighty five percent of the appraisal value on your on your primary. Um, or if you have a good rate because rates were low for a couple of years and you don't want to you know change the difference there, you can go get a line of credit from a, a local bank. And basically just have your line of credit. Um, there are some banks that are actually going all up to 100% of the value of your property right now. And you could use that line of credit 
for your per se um, business, let's just call it a business of buying rental properties. Um, you would basically borrow the money from the home equity line to purchase the, the, let's just say our subject property that we're talking about. So that way the lien is actually against your primary residence and not against the property that's going to, we're going to do the delay financing on. That sounds, that sounds great. Cause I've done this many times where I bought properties with cash, but then I had to wait six months you know, seasoning. So before I can actually pull the money out and I didn't do delayed financing, I just literally had to wait and then, um, have an appraisal come through and all that sort of stuff. So, um, tell us a little bit about the, the thinking that now we don't have to wait. Like, why do we not have to wait six months like we normally would? Right. This, that's the good caveat with, with the delayed financing. Um, and the, the whole thing is there is there's no lien against the property. That's what makes the delayed financing because literally, I mean, we've got people that have come in, bought it, fixed it up within two to three weeks. We started our process of getting the appraiser out there, did our paperwork, and they had their money back in about 15 to 20 days. So the good part is with delayed financing, they can take that same, just say it's the home equity line. um, Because what happens is if we see that it's borrowed money, which your home equity line is borrowed money, even though it's your own asset, we pay the home equity line back, which pays it back to zero, and then you can go do it again. So as quickly as you can acquire them, get them rehabbed. Um, get the, you know, we get the appraiser out there, we can get the money back in your pocket. And so generally just say a 45 day time cycle from start to finish, you can roll that, you know, four or five, six times a year to get it within a 12 month time period. That's great. So are there more lenders out there, more mortgage brokers that do this or are there like a specialty niche that, that only a few of them know how to do it? I mean, it's available to everybody. I mean, me and Lee, the gentleman that you referenced, I mean, me, we probably about five or six years ago kind of went through. So I'm a true mortgage broker. Um, so it allows I have different investors, which is good because especially working with investors, we have lots of different options. Um, we kind of presented this to one of our investors. Hey, if we go at it from this perspective of you know, putting the, the project costs onto the settlement statement, will that still qualify for delayed financing? And we put it through and they were absolutely fine with it. It fit into the guidelines. So it's available pretty much. It's just somebody's got to be able to understand it and know how to do it. So I've really, you know, we've made it our strong point for the last probably six years of which investors are okay with it and, you know, because here's the guidelines that it fits into. So do you have a few different, like you don't just have one bank that if they just say no, you don't, you're, you're kind of out of luck. Do you have other banks or other investors that would yeah. be able to be okay with it? Yeah, we use, I mean, being a broker, I'm literally signed up with 50 plus banks, but we do business with about five of them on a normal daily basis. Um, and we haven't had any issues with any of them. Oh, that's great. Very, very cool. So the late financing sounds fantastic. Now, do you have any other thoughts since you do mortgages as well as you work with investors at the same time? So delayed financing is one tool in an investor's tool belt of how mm-hmm. to build the business faster and build it well. Any other thoughts of how, you know, how we can invest and use mortgages in a creative way that we would normally not have, like just regular mortgage um, or mm-hmm. delayed financing? Is there something else that we could look at or maybe think of? Yep. So here's the things with, you know, delayed financing. The most mortgage, the most financed mortgages you can have right now for Fannie and Freddie is 10 finance mortgages. So once you've done this and you've got 10 finance properties, you're kind of up. Okay. What do we do now? So at that point, we basically kind of switch gears and there are what's called debt service ratio loans where they literally use the cash flow of the property to support the transaction. So they don't actually get into your personal, 
um, liabilities and what your income is, because these are now structured as commercial transactions. Um, and you literally will hold them inside of an LLC. Now, you're still going to personally guarantee it, but you will now hold it inside of an LLC. And it's based off of just the cash flow of the property. And there's no limitation of how many of those you can do. And you can do them as individual properties or you can do a blanket over multiple properties and literally create yourself mini REITs. Um, and you can get 30 year fixed rates on those. You can also get arms and, you know, those kind of products. That's that's terrific. Now, because uh, I've done blanket loans in the past where you definitely uh, the bank requires that the properties be put into an LLC. So it's in you know, banks or the, the business name. Um, so right now, I, I really like how you said that they do have 30 year loans, because that was my question was because the one that I have, it's a five year fixed and then they renew and they do another five year fix. So it's, it just constantly changes. And I'm not sure. I, well, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of that because, you know, something might happen, you know, market crashes, whatever, yeah. um, you know, and rates just skyrocket. Um, so I'm not a big fan of that. And I'm not a big fan of um, just adjustable rate mortgages in general. So I like right. I personally like being a single family home investor, a 30 year fix. I know exactly what's coming out of my pocket or out of the tenant's pocket because they're paying the, the bill. Um, so if, if I do, like I do have, um, let's say, four properties that are in a blanket loan right now. And if I wanted to refinance and do a 30-year fix, so I just bring it to you and say, hey, there's, these, these are the four properties. This is how much profit it makes. Help me out. Yep. Basically, we just do all appraisals on all four of them. You can actually pull the cash out of them also if you wanted to. Depending on credit score and loan amounts can determine how much we'll lend you. But you literally could take all those properties, put it to where you have one mortgage payment every single month. It includes taxes, insurance, everything like that. And it's just securitized by all four pieces of those properties. That's that's great. So if anybody has any properties that do not have any liens, like uh, uh, a home equity loan, um, uh, a regular mortgage, like if it's basically a free and clear without any liens on mm -hmm. it, you can lend money on that property. Correct. Yeah. And that's actually one of the bigger things we do is we've got investors right now that you know, have really worked hard on owning them free and clear and they're kind of, they now don't have their W-2 job and they're trying to figure out how to keep doing it. So basically what we do is we sit down with them, what they're working with, and we'll go and do a cash out on those properties that they own free and clear, the ones that they want to bundle together to create that mini read, give them the cash to now, now they can go buy the next properties free and clear, fix them up, get them all rented, and then we duplicate the process and just continue moving the bucket. Every time they get them, you know, completely rented it up, we just go back, give them the cash again, and they just go, you know, go find the next deal. That's fantastic. I've done it many times. I love that process because my business builds so much faster when I'm using other people's money like that. It's just absolutely fantastic to do that. So any other types of tips or thoughts of how to um, get financing and be able to use something like you, Patrick, to, you know, hey, I, I can't get, I, I, didn't get or I'm not able to get a regular mortgage or something like that, but what any other options that come to mind? No, I mean, I, I will tell you that a lot of the, the banks, I mean, they're captive to their rules. They have their overlays. So of course, being a broker, I'm a strong advocate of brokers because we do have multiple options that can get things accomplished. So, you know, if the deal makes sense and, you know, there's, it's, you know, you've got the, you know, you've paid your bills like you should have and your credit's at least decent and you've got some assets to work with. There's generally a way that a broker can find a way to get it done because the capital markets have really come back over the last couple of years of trying to put their money to work and they're being really aggressive with, with their rates. It's not like it's, you know, 15, 16%. I mean, you're down literally, um, and in, without getting into rates, I mean, you're, 
you're generally about 2% to 3% higher than what you could get a 30-year fix for going full doc. So it's not crazy rates by any means. Yeah. For, I mean, for a cash out loan, people, somebody might say, well, I know I could get a mortgage for three and a half, four percent, five percent, whatever it might, might be right now. Um, why would I want to pay two percent more? Well, it's just that that's what it costs in order to do a cash out. It's totally different ball of wax for banks. You know, they, they're seeing cash come out. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's absolutely terrific. So what are your thoughts of, um, with the blanket loan? If somebody had, I don't know, let's say 20 properties and they have 10 of them that are free and clear. Is, is it, is there any limit to how many properties they can put under a blanket loan? No, it's unlimited. I mean, the bigger, the bigger the loan amount also, the better terms you're going to get. So sometimes it's better. And that's where we kind of go through the properties. Um, and because a couple of variables get looked at, I mean, what's the value of the property gets, you know, the individual property because the investors, have minimums of what they want those values to be worth. I mean, they don't want a $40,000 property um, in there, but, but we look at, I mean, we, that's just the thing of sitting down with a professional and just trying to figure out what's the best way to get the best deal based off of my portfolio of things. Because, you know, when you, when you put these in these blanket loans, because they're capital market deals, they do have prepayment penalties on them. I mean, that's why they're being um, doing what they're doing. Um, but generally, Prepayment penalties are five years. They're not any longer than that. So like with a 30-year fix, you're going to have a 54321. But after five years, you're able to do what you want to with it. Got it. And to, for, for people listening and watching this, it would basically be like if you, after two years, wanted to refinance again, that's a prepayment. Like you're literally paying off that loan again. So they're going to have to have that prepayment penalty. So, um, yeah, that's that's great. So five years, that's really not that long to hold a bunch of, a bunch of properties and hold that note, especially if you have a 30 year note. I mean, every time you refinance, it's, it could be good if you have a lower rate, but if you refinance, um, if it's the help your business is good, but the downside is you start that whole interest clock all over again, which is a downside, but it's the cost of doing business. And I've done that so many times and I've made so much more money because I started that clock over by pulling money out and buying more properties with it. It's just the, the a great way to go. Because a lot of people, most people don't have cash just to put down on a property. You start with a mortgage. And then with that mortgage, then you pay it down and or the tenant pays it down as you have it rented. And then you have a little equity. Time goes on and you, you make the property better. You pull money out, start that clock, clock over again. But at the same time, you can buy another property to make even more money. Does that sound like the right right path to go? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically, I mean, what we tell people, especially with the 30-year fixed product, am I – Go ahead and lock it in because that way, if if you don't have that strategy, at least it's guaranteed. But after that five years, because generally every five to seven years is when people make their moves. I mean, it's just a natural cycle that it, at least it gives you that option that you can now go pull that cash out, go do your next deal, and then go from there. That's great. So where are – if somebody wanted to work with you, where do you – are, are you just in North Carolina or do you have other states that you work with? Do you know anybody else that we can work with you on? Yeah, so as a residential broker for the one to four units, that's North Carolina, but I'm a network of many brokers across the country. So it's just a matter of, you know, if somebody emails me, we have a whole list of who, what brokers are in what states that we can always introduce them to. Uh, from a commercial standpoint, um, that's actually unlimited Every state has its own requirements, so there are certain states that we can't operate in. But there, every deal, every deal is different, so it's not like a straight, you know, residential world. We're only North Carolina. We can tell you what a thirty-year fix is. It's just a matter of contacting us. 
If we can do it in the commercial side on one of our states, we'll be more than happy to. Otherwise, we'll introduce you to somebody that can do in that state. That's that's terrific. So next question goes along with the lines of the ability to get financing. I have a lot of people that listen to the podcast and watch the YouTube videos, and they're from out of the country. Like uh, I have students that are, you know, uh, Switzerland or um, the Netherlands or just other places, like even in Afghanistan. And so how would or have you come across anybody from outside the States to try to and, and invest in America, buy a property cash, and then refinance it. Do, do, do you see any hurdles with that, or is that possible? Um, we have, so you're talking not U.S. citizens, Correct. what you're, you're asking. Um, on our re- residential side, I can tell you that we do have loans for foreign nationals and ITIN loans and stuff like that. So those are available for financing because you can only do those as investment properties in second homes. Wow, what's the I, would you, ITIN number? Uh, ITIN, yeah, yeah, basically it's somebody that's actually here that doesn't have a Social Security number, but they've registered with the government and have been filing their taxes under an ITIN instead of a Social Security. Oh, I get it. Okay, that's what, yes, I, I, I've come across that. So what if somebody lives in another country and they're so, not actually living here? Yep. It's oh, a called thing? foreign national loan. Ah. Uh, Right. Very, very good. So if somebody wants to do the commercial lending with you and they're a foreign national, there shouldn't be too many problems, right? It doesn't sound right. like. Being a broker, we have all these different sources. So that's the difference that we're not just captive to one bank's rules. We literally have access to lots and lots of different institutions that are trying to put their money to work. That's fantastic. So there is definitely a way for outside the – like basically non-U.S. citizens – to be able to invest in in America, and I think that's that's fantastic that we have the ability to do that because I have quite a few people that are really just man, I'd love to invest, but where I'm living, like um, you know, let's say Greece or I don't, Switzerland, Switzerland, like they literally have like generational loans, like gen, the loan passes on from generation to generation because it's so expensive, and like well, I want to get cash flow. I'm thinking one student in particular, I'm trying to help them to get started in here, and so this is great. I'm really really glad that I got to talk to you now. Thinking about North Carolina, as we're wrapping up, I was thinking if somebody were to work with you in getting a residential property in North Carolina, is there any area that you would not say this is a great area, but like maybe, hey, take a look at this area, like like Raleigh or, or another place. Like, Is there any area that you would suggest that you can get a property for sixty dollars to $80,000 and do what you're talking about? Um, for that price range, I mean, we have uh, Fort Bragg, Fable area. We have Jacksonville, North Carolina. Um, there's Goldsboro. I'm just thinking of the military institutions because generally that's where you're going to have a lot of those areas, essentially where there's a lot of turnover because people coming in, people moving out, and also the support staff that support the military. It kind of keeps those prices relatively down. So here in North Carolina, those are kind of the areas there. I mean, once you start getting into Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Durham, I mean, things are going up. Those are big technology and education areas. And then Charlotte. Um, North Carolina being a big banking. Once you go west of that, you're into the mountains and you'll have those price ranges. Yes, but it depends on whether you're looking for, is it a good rental area? Because there's got to be something there that keeps them there. Most people in those areas own their properties because they could be generational properties. That's cool. So in uh, September, I'm actually going to be over in Florida, driving up to Washington D.C., just see, sightseeing as well as looking at properties. So I'm going to take your take your idea and look at some areas and try hopefully find some properties out there. So that's that's really good, great, great uh, insight. Cool. So Patrick, as we're wrapping up, 
I definitely want people to be able to find you and to be able to utilize your services and then your network as well. Um, if uh, as they can point people, you can point people to different brokers in different states if they like if you're not able to get it done which seems like you're just about everything you can how can they reach you how can they find you and get a hold of you and, and contact you um best way to do it i mean we have our website is uh mcmortgagegroup.com visit us on the website um you can also reach out um via email um my email address is p stoy at mcmortgagegroup.com those are probably the best two ways for people to touch base essentially Got it. Now that's, that's great. Now I'll also have this in the show notes in the description as well. So anybody else can get there and they can just click on the link and go right to you guys. But Patrick, thank you so much. It's been really informative and it's been super awesome to see that there are other ways to get properties and uh, uh, creative ways to use your financing and other people's money to get and build your business even bigger. So thank you very much. Thank you, Dustin. I really appreciate it, man. All right, man. Bye. Take care. Bye.